your Westover app. series entitled Everyday Wins. And this weekend I want to speak on find the win. Find the win in your family. Now, I will tell you I'm going to address some family issues, but this is for every one of us because this is going to help us in relating to our coworker, relating to our customers if you're a business owner, re re relating to your, your spouse, re relating to your roommate, relating to uh, the people you associate in your work circle, whatever the case is, because it involves how to communicate with other people. Now, to find the win, we need to understand what a win is for a person. Now, in basketball and football, you win if you have more points. But in golf, the higher the score, it means you're in a losing position. And some of us, relationally, we think football more points, but somebody we work with, they think golf. It's about a lower score. And we always feel like that we're not winning with them. There's conflict. There's misunderstanding. There's tension in the workplace, tension in the relationship. Is there a brother-in-law you just say, I can't, get, I can't get along with him? Is there a stepson, stepdaughter? Are you, do you have one of your own children that's reached that 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 age of adolescence and it's just difficult to communicate with them. Well, this teaching today is going to help us. We're going to go to the book of Ephesians and in the book of Ephesians chapter number five, the apostle Paul is going to give us some great insight on human relations. Now verse 15, he's going to speak to us an important insight and following that, in the rest of chapter 5, he's going to talk about marriage. Then he get into chapter 6, and he's going to talk to parents. Parents, this is how you're to parent your children. So the, the principle he gives us in verse number 15 begins to follow out, and it's applied to the family, to marriage, to couples, all the way down to children. And I would even enlarge the circle and say to all human relations, all human relations, so let's begin reading it, verse number 15. Here's what the Bible says. Be careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise. Pause there. Be careful how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise. Now in the Bible, the Bible tells us there's some things that are right and there's some things that are wrong. There's some things that are good and some things that are evil. But this time, the Bible says there's some things that are wise and unwise. Not everything is a right and wrong, good and evil issue. Some of us, we're struggling with somebody to communicate, to get along with them, and you've, you've done the checklist. Have I done anything wrong? No. Ha, ha, have I done anything evil? No. Is what I'm doing good? Yes, it's good and it's right, but the relationship is still strained and it's not working because you can be doing it the good way and the right way 
but the unwise way. You can do the thing the good way and the, the right way, and it still be unwise. And Scripture here is teaching us that even when we're doing the right thing and we're doing the good thing, we need to do it the wise way and not the unwise. He'll go on to say in verse 22, Wives, submit, to your, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. And I've discovered if men are going to know any verse in the Bible, that's the one they're going to know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I already feel the pushback in the room from some women. Women, don't worry. This is, guys, don't misuse this. Don't you misuse. The word submit here doesn't mean that you're dominant and that you have the last say-so and you're the, you, you, you're the big power force in the family. No, what it means is, wives, you're to support. That would be a good synonym. Wives, you're to support your husband. Go down in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, what I want you to see in verse 22 and verse 25, it says that the wife is to support the husband and the husband is to love the wife. Do you notice it did not say in verse 22, wives, love your husband? Hmm, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Why? Because the scripture is saying, learn, learn to live as a wise. Learn to live as a wise. Why? Because God right here is giving us an insight that each one of us, male and female, God created us distinct and unique. We have our own, if you please, love language. We have our own way in which we communicate. You have to find the wind in us. If you're married to somebody, if you have a son or daughter or coworker, find the wind. And what he's saying, wives, you want to find the win with your husband, support him. He needs that. Husbands, if you want to find the win in your spouse, then love her. Because that's the key. And if you will do it in a wise way, you will find that the home, the life, your marriage will be happier. It gives us an insight. Here it is. Women need security and men need significance. That's why it says here, Wives, submit or support your husband. Why? Because he needs, he needs to feel significant. Wives, uh, they, need, they need security. That's why the scripture says that we should, we should love them. We should reaffirm them. We should share with them. We should make them feel safe. We should make them feel secure in the relationship. Stay with me. I'm going to continue to unpack this. Let me add to it. Women need caring. Men need trust. If we could grab that, every home, every life, every marriage, every relationship will be greatly enhanced. If you're in a single relationship and you're thinking one of these days you're going to be in a married relationship or a spouse, this is key to you. Understand this. Can I tell you, you will take a, a giant leap, a quantum leap forward in understanding and making that future marriage work. Women need caring. Men need trust. Let me unpack that to help us a little bit, okay? So we're going to put a scenario of a conversation between a husband and a wife. Stay with me. Stay with me. Let me for a moment, guys, talk to you. Have you ever noticed that ladies ask questions? Ladies, uh, ladies just intuitively, they'll ask questions. 
And sometimes, guys, we don't like that because we feel like we're being called on the carpet. Why? Because we have a primary need to feel significant. And if anything challenges that, we kind of we, we, we take that as a, in, in a defensive way. And sometimes it's not easy for us. But let me tell you, let me tell you how this works. Women need caring and fellas asking questions helps a woman feel cared for. Let me give you an example. Uh, both you and your spouse, they work hypothetically, probably do, many of us do. Let's say at the end of the day you get home and you walk into the house and your wife comes in and she's carrying a, uh, a bag, maybe some groceries from HEB, she sets them on the counter and you just start asking her questions. How did the day go? Well, it went pretty good. Got on, got in the vehicle and went to work. Well, well how did you go to work? Well, I, I drove down Highway 151, but uh, there was a back traffic backed off, so I got off on Petraco, swung around, and went, oh, the traffic was back, so you went around. Yeah, I went around, went around. What kind of music did you listen to when you were going to work this morning? Well, interesting you say that. I was listening to Caleb. Caleb, wonderful. What was your favorite song on Caleb? My f song? Oh, this this one I, I really enjoyed. really ministered to my heart as I was driving to work today. I just, did you? What did you do when you got to work? Well, as soon as I went to work, sit down my purse, sit down my coffee. Oh, coffee? You got coffee? Where did you get coffee? Well, after I got on Loop 410, I stopped by and went through the drive-thru and got coffee. You got coffee? Yeah. Did you get anything else? Yeah. Went ahead and got a biscuit. You got a biscuit. Hmm. What did you get with the biscuit? Well, I got jelly. Strawberry or grape jelly? <laughs> well, I got grape jelly. Got great. Did you enjoy it? It was really very good. Yeah, it was really good. Then how'd your day? Went pretty good. We had some projects we worked on. We doing, and then we broke for lunch. Where'd you go for lunch? Oh, I went to Ch uh, uh, Chipotle to, to uh, get a, a salad there. And anyone go with you? Yeah, Yolanda, she went with me. What did you do? We talked about this. We were working on this. We were talking about that. Glad the holidays are over. And now we're doing, get back in our routine. Then what did you do? And we went back to work, went pretty good, yeah. Then you went home. I see you have a basket here. Why? Well, I need to stop by H. -E you stopped by HEB. What'd you get, sweetheart? Well, I, 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 needed to, I needed to get some shaving cream for you. You got shaving cream for me. <laughs> wow. Wow. What else did you get? Well, I had to get need to get a bell pepper and then needed to need to get a tomato. Wow. That just I just wanted to know. She thinks you're wonderful. You care. You care. She's going to go to work tomorrow, and here's what she's going to say. I have the best husband in the world. Yeah, tell me. The, the co-workers will say, well, tell me about him. About him. Do you know what? He even's interested in the kind of jelly I put on my biscuit. <laughs> he asked me about the music I listened to on K-Love. He was interested in the conversation I had with Yolanda. Yolanda said, he's interested. My husband doesn't ask me a thing. He wanted to, yes. He just wanted to know how my day went. And he was interested enough to know what I, what I was doing and how I was shopping at HEB. And all the other ladies say, where did you find him? Where, where you are so lucky. You have the most caring husband imaginable. He cares about every little detail oh oh i hope i meet somebody like that someday that cares about just the littlest things in my life 
you are now the king, sir. But that does not work with men. Does not work. Why? Because men have a need to be trusted. Don't ask us questions because it sounds like you don't trust us. Turn it around. The man comes home from the end of the day. The wife said, what would you do today? I went to work. What way do you drive? Well, I was driving down 151 and had to pull off, go up a tranquil and get up. Well, why did you do that? What do you want to know? Are you auditing my life? Now you'd say I can't even drive right. Because I was, I had stuff. Do you not appreciate I got to get to work? I have an inventory today. And now I have to answer in just the roads I choose. Did you get coffee? Yes. Get a biscuit? Yes. Is that not all right with you? You wouldn't make me breakfast, so I had to go by and get my own. Okay. Okay. Is, is it all right? Why, why does it bug you on what I eat? What would you talk about with Frank and Tom and, and Jose at work? It's our stuff. What do you need to know when I talk about? Why, do you, why, 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 can't, why can't you just give me space to breathe? I always feel like you're just choking me, and I just feel like you're trying to control me all the time. I just, man, I bring the paycheck home, and I, I come home every evening. Is that not enough for you? That you want to put me on a leash? That's how he feels. That's how he feels. Why? Because men need trust. Women need caring. And what sounds like caring to a woman sounds like distrust to a man. Men don't like that. For a woman, questions mean you care. For a man means you interrogate us. And, and it doesn't work. Why? We need to understand how each one is wired. Let's go on. First uh, Peter. Joe with me. Okay, we're going to build on this. Stay with me. I'm going to help you find the win. First Peter chapter 3, verse number 7. Now, in First Peter, there's going to be a long discussion about, about marriage and husbands and wives. I don't have time to read it all, okay? But if you want to go home and unpack this further, you do that. But I, I'm just going to hit on one verse because this one verse is going to give us a great insight and while it speaks while it speaks to uh husbands and wives it's to every one of us uh chapter 3 verse 7 likewise husbands live with your wives in an understanding way that's key right there in an understanding way one verse that says live with your wife with understanding we'll come back to that. showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Did not say she's the weaker vessel. Ladies, don't leave me right now, okay? Don't start tweeting. Don't start. He's archaic. He's old-fashioned. I'm just as strong as he is. Yes, you are. It doesn't say you're the weaker vessel. It says as the weaker vessel. Since they're heirs together, the grace of life, so that your prayers not be hindered. Now, first off, I'm going to say unequivocally. The Bible is not saying women are weaker. It's not saying that, Okay? In a lot of areas, women are much stronger than men are. And mostly in some areas, they just, they, they, they're gifted in areas that guys that we're not. The Bible doesn't say that the woman is the weaker vessel. It says to honor her and treat her as the weaker vessel. Okay? Well, let me give you an example. In our home, if you step into our home, right as you come in, we have a china cabinet to the right. And in this china cabinet, we have these wonderful, wonderful china plates and saucers and 
coffee cups, and it's it's all it's all in there. And my wife has had these has had this china for years. I, I've never been allowed to use it. <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to use it because she says you may break it. So it's just there to impress you when you come over to our house. So we have these we have these coffee cups that I'm never allowed to, because if I drop it and it hit the tile, it's going to shatter. So Denise says, use the foam cup over there, the styrofoam <laughs> cup. Okay? Why? Because if you drop it, you don't damage the styrofoam cup. Okay, that's just, come on, folks, that's the way it is. The, the china is weaker, but it's more valuable. The styrofoam is stronger, but it has less value. And the scripture is saying, honor your wife, honor her as the weaker, the most valuable. Treasure her, treasure her. And then the scripture goes on to say that you need to live with her in understanding. The word understanding there is very interesting. Now we know the New Testament is written in Greek, translated into English. This word that's translated in our English Bible, understanding, in the original language, uh, has the idea of knowledge. It would be the word in that day, if they were using the word that's common to our language, science. Science. It literally means to verify. So what is he saying? You need to live. You need to study. You need to research. You need to verify. You need to know your spouse. Don't assume. Don't treat them the way you think they ought to be treated, you need to study them and know their unique way, who they are. Now, each one of us, we have a communication style. There are primarily three communication styles, and each one of us, each one of us, we typically operate in two. There is the primary and secondary. Each one of us, we, we function in two of them just very fluently. There's the third one, that's our blind spot. Every one of us, self-included, there's a communication style I use that's my primary and my secondary, but there's always one that's a blind spot. You're going to have a family member in your blind spot. You're going to have a coworker in your blind spot. You're going to have a son or daughter that's going to grow up, and they're going to have a different communication style than you're used to. That's your blind spot. This is the person that you say, I don't get them. This is the person say, I don't know why it's so hard. I don't know. It just seems like we butt heads together. It just seems like that we just, they, they just make me want to pull my hair out. I just don't get them. They're the most difficult person. You know what it is? They're in your blind spot. Now, I want to say you that doesn't mean they're wrong. It means they're different. I'm going to say that again. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It means they are different. Every one of us, we have people that are different from us. Now, I'm going to give you real quickly, and I have two minutes to do this, okay? I'm going to stay with me, stay with me. We're going to jump into this because I, I, I have a lot of material I want to cover. Probably won't get it all today. There are three primary stars, uh, uh, means of communication. There is what I'm going to call the seer, the seer, the hearer, and the filler, the person that feels. Seer, the hearer, and the filler. Now, you primarily operate in two of those, but one of them is your blind spot. 
and God wired you that way. doesn't mean you're wrong. It means you're different. For example, the seer. The seer is the person, they, they need visual to communicate. It's, it's important for them. What do you mean? They're the persons that say this. You know what? And they will self-identify. You know the way I see it. Uh, it may be your boss saying, you know, I don't see you contributing to the team. That was a key word. I don't see you. You work very hard. You, you're an integral part. The difficulty is he doesn't see it. He is a seer. Know that. This, the, person, the, the seer will tell others, you know what? You never show me. You never show me that you love me. You never show me things. You never go out of your way. I don't ever see you do this. I don't ever see you do that. I see that person do it, and I see that person do it, but I never see you do those kind of things for me. They are a seer, okay? They're wired that way by God. Then there is the hearer. The hearer says, you know what? You never tell me you love me. You never... You, you never compliment me. You never tell me thank you. You never tell me you appreciate it. You never express it. I never hear you say things. I never hear you say nice things. I never hear fill in the blank. That is a person whose primary communication style is a hearer. Yes. Uh, this, is the, this is the supervisor says, you know what? I don't ever hear you engage in the discussion when we're at work. You, do, you, don't, you don't ever add anything to the conversation. I, I, I don't see you contributing in a significant fashion in this area. Why? Because that particular person is a hearer. And if you're a hearer, words like, yeah, no, maybe, sort of, that's not communication to them. And if, if that's how you're responding to a hearer, they feel like you're shutting them out. They, they don't feel validated. They don't feel like that you're really engaging them. And then there is what I will call the feeler. The feeler is the person that, that uh, th th it, for them, it's an experience. The seer has to see it. The hearer has to hear it. But the feeler has to feel it. It, it has to become for them that experience. And the feeler will say things like, you know what? You make me feel this way. I, I, I never feel like I matter with you. I, don't, I, I just don't feel like you're doing your best. I just don't feel like you care. I don't feel like you. And the key word in all of that is feelings. They are a feeler. Now, every one of us, we have a primary and we have a secondary. You probably are already self-identifying yours. And you're probably identifying your blind spot that you hear that person say to you frequently. And the difficulty is we don't find the wind in them. We try to change them. You need to quit being this. And Scripture comes on, and here's what Scripture says. Be wise and not unwise. Yes. And husbands, you need to love your wife. Why? Because she needs security. And wives, you need to support your husband because he has a need to feel significant. You don't give what you need, you give what they need. And you may be a, a seer, you may be a hearer, but if your daughter is a feeler, if your spouse is a feeler, you need to do things that make them feel your support. And let me just share with you, facts do not change feelings. Yeah. Yeah. 
And guys, we can do that. If you're, you have a feeler in your home, your daughter, your daughter-in-law, your wife, and they'll say, you know what, I don't, I don't feel like you care. You don't feel like, you know what, I went to work today. I brought home a paycheck. I bought you for Christmas. I bought you that thing that I thought, I told you it was a waste of money, but I bought it for you anyway. And, and I'd do this for you. I went and filled up your car with gas. And, and I went and got the oil changed. Facts do not change feelings. And all the feelers can say, amen, amen. Facts do not change feelings. Feelers need to feel it. Feelers need to feel it. And I'm going to bring it down to one important question as we close out with prayer. If you're in a relationship with your son, your daughter, son-in-law, stepson, stepdaughter, spouse, if, if you're at a point in, and there's conflict, it's strained, there's one question, there's one question to ask. One question. We sometimes ask the unwise question. Let me give you the wise question to ask. And here's the question. What can I do that will make it easy for you to open up towards me? Sir, ask your stepdaughter that question. Sweetheart, what's the one thing I can do that will make it easier for you to open up to me? Ask that of your daughter-in-law. What's the one thing I can do that will make it easier for you to open up to me? If you're at an impasse in a relationship, ask your spouse, what's the one thing I can do right now that will make it easier for you to open up to me? Don't add advice to it. Just ask that question. Father, every family needs to find a win. And sometimes we can feel like we don't have the win. Sometimes we can feel like that we're caught, we're stuck in at an impasse. And we don't, we don't, we just can't communicate with that significant person in our life. And we feel the strain and the pain. Instead of trying to change them, Help us to understand them. And give us, give us your heart. Give us the ability to minister grace and minister what they need. Help us, God, to see beyond our own temperament and our own personality and how we can add value and validate them. I believe there's somebody that's getting insight on how to respond to a strained relationship. I pray the grace. I pray, God, your guidance. I pray, God, that relationship can be healed. That family can be healed. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us. If you're new to Westover.